Hello and welcome to the Fit Leaders Podcast, the podcast for leaders seeking sustainable success. I'm your host, David Chinsky, founder of the Institute for Leadership Fitness and creator of Fit Leaders Academy. Join me as we explore how fit leaders enjoy vibrant lives marked by personal health and sustained contributions. In this podcast, The Masterful Communicator, we're going to talk about some of the differences that can get in the way whenever two or more people are engaging in a conversation. Often when we are in an impasse with someone, it's due not to the specific content of our conversation. Often it's a clash of styles. It often comes down to how dare you talk to me that way or what do you mean by that? And so the more we know about what can get in the way of a masterful conversation, the more likely we are to get what we need more quickly and not have to come back and have additional conversations. So we're really going to focus on differences. And when I say differences, I don't mean this is better or worse than the other. It's just different. We all bring different experiences with us to a conversation. There might be ideological differences. There might be differences in our intensity. Some people talk more loudly than others, and that can be misperceived as being personal. Why is this person yelling at me? I remember when I was courting my wife, my wife would come over, my girlfriend at the time would come over for dinner. And in our family, we were used to having very lively and loud conversations, including political conversations. And I was always encouraged by my father to speak my voice, to speak my position. And we would go at it back and forth. And my girlfriend at the time after dinner said, David, you and your father hate each other. What's going on? And I had to say, no, we don't. We love each other. That's just the way we communicate with one another. So she grew up in a home where children weren't allowed to speak unless they were spoken to. And so that difference can actually create a barrier, a hindrance to having a conversation that is productive and that makes people feel safe. Sometimes there's a tone of voice that can be misunderstood. Someone may have a certain way of speaking that sets the other person off in a way that was never intended by the person who is coming to the conversation with that slightly different tone of voice. There's certainly gender differences. Men and women do communicate differently and learning how to be able to converse despite those differences, is the key to many leaders' success inside organizations. There's certain ethnic and cultural differences. One of my favorite stories comes from a visit my wife and I took to Venice, Italy. We were told that the Venetian pizza was delicious. And so we were looking for an outdoor cafe where we could enjoy a piece of that Venetian pizza. We found a, a location. We sat outside. There were picnic tables. My wife and I sat across from each other. And there was a couple behind us. And they looked like they were of Middle Eastern descent. I wasn't exactly sure what country they were from. And I turned around and the woman 
had just been served a pizza that really looked great. So I said to her, wow, that pizza looks delicious. Well, immediately the man sitting next to her, which I later found out was her husband, said to me, take a piece. And I began to say, oh, thank you. I, I, I couldn't. And he said, take a piece. And I said, oh, please, I, I, I wouldn't do that. He said, take a piece. Well, now I was getting frightened. I thought I was going to create some international incident. This gentleman was being hospitable to a stranger, which is something that his culture taught him as he was growing up. Even though my culture, the U.S. culture, often prepared me to gladly decline an offer to take food off of someone else's plate. And so there was a cultural clash, if you will, and I probably deeply offended this gentleman because he really wanted me to take a piece of his wife's pizza. Now, to this day, I still wonder whether he would have been as generous in offering me a piece of his pizza. This was his wife's pizza. Although this is just another example of a, of a cultural difference. Another difference can be the extent to which people are comfortable with the distance between two different people. So in some cultures, if you're not right in someone's face, almost to the point where you can we can, you can breathe their air um, and, and be eyeball to eyeball, it's a sign of disrespect that you're not really interested. In the U.S. culture, that often is viewed negatively. Hey, uh, back off, back off, that you're getting a little too close. So these are all differences that can compromise the quality of an interaction between two people. I want to talk about a way to understand these differences that utilizes a model that is called DISC. And some of you may already have taken a DISC assessment. The DISC assessment measures our communication preferences. And this is an assessment that has been around for many, many decades and does an excellent job of profiling how we tend to show up when we are communicating with other people. For those of you that, that have not had the experience of DISC, think about a square that you draw a vertical line and a horizontal line through so that you end up with four quadrants. So you have an upper left and an upper right, you have a lower left and a lower right box. If you think of the top of that box as being people who are faster in their pace. These are people who are bolder, more decisive. They like to move quickly. They're able to tell you what's on their mind. They, they're the first to raise their hand and answer a question. These are people that, that we consider to be faster in their pace. Pace is one of two dimensions that the DISC methodology uses to profile us into one of four DISC styles. There's a D style, an I style, an S style, and a C style, the, the four letters of DISC, the DISC methodology. So we can either be fast paced on this first dimension of pace, or if you think of the bottom of this box, if you were to put a label at the bottom of this box that said moderate paced, these are people who take a little longer to gather their thoughts, to analyze what they're hearing, and we may not even hear from these people until the next meeting because they're just not ready to share their unique perspective without some further 
thought. So if you think about this box with four squares in it, at the very top, the label at the top of the box is fast paced. The label at the bottom of the box, underneath the box, is moderate paced. Those are the two general places that people can end up on this dimension of pace. The second dimension, which DISC uses to assign us to one of the four DISC styles, is our orientation or our focus, our principal focus. So just as you might have written down or been thinking in your head about the labels of fast paced at the top of the box and moderate paced at the bottom of this box, on the left side of the box, you would write project task oriented. These are people who want to get things done. They're always focused on a deliverable. And what you might write either in your mind or in front of you, if you're listening to this at your desk, you would write on the right-hand side of this box, people relationship focused. So people tend to be either project task oriented principally or people relationship. So it's not either or, and, and sometimes people are somewhere along that continuum between these two labels of project task oriented and people relationship oriented. Although usually we tend to live more on the left side or the right side of this model. So it's also important to know that if people are more project task oriented, it doesn't mean that they don't like people. It doesn't mean that they can't show empathy. They can. It's just that their principal focus is on getting things done, getting projects and tasks completed. And the people on the right-hand side of this box, the people who are more people relationship-oriented, it doesn't mean that they don't know how to get things done. They do. It's just that their first focus is on people, on the impact of moving a program forward of how a decision is going to impact the organization. So those are the two dimensions that we look at and that we assess using a DISC assessment to understand where people tend to land. And so we look at where an individual falls on both of those dimensions, where people fall on the fast-paced versus moderate-paced dimension, and at the same time, where do they fall on the project task orientation versus the people relationship orientation. Now, once we know that, then we can assign someone to one of the four styles of DISC. So if we go to the upper left portion of this box that we've drawn, either in front of us on a piece of paper or perhaps by thinking about it and now we've memorized these four boxes within this model, the upper left represents someone who is fast-paced, that's what's at the top of that box, that upper left box, and someone who is also project task-oriented. That's what's on the left side of this box. So people who are fast-paced and project task-oriented are often assigned to the D style in DISC, and D stands for dominance. Now, Dominance doesn't mean dominating. It doesn't mean domineering. It doesn't mean these are people who are mean-spirited. It just means these are people who like to get things done, projects and tasks done quickly at a fast pace. So that's where this combination of both, both of these dimensions, it's fast-paced, not moderate-paced, and it's project-task-oriented, not people-relationship-oriented, if you're in this upper-left box, 
these are people who we consider to be D's in DISC. They want to get things done. They don't suffer fools gladly. They don't like it when people show up and are not prepared to engage with them. These have a bias for speed, a bias for action, a bias for getting things done, projects and tasks done quickly. So that's the D in the model that DISC has laid out for us. If we drop below the D box, so now we're referring to the lower left box, below the D box, these are people that are also project task oriented like the Ds. So both the Ds and the Cs have a principal focus on getting things done. Although unlike the Ds, the Cs have a more moderate pace. They're spending more time thinking, analyzing, being deliberate. And one of the things the Cs are most focused on as they use this additional time is to ensure that we're doing things right, that we have quality work being done. So one way to think about the difference between Ds and Cs is that while Ds want to get projects and tasks done quickly, Cs want to get projects and tasks done correctly. And so you can probably see some natural tension or the potential of a clash between a person who's a D style and a person who is a C style. The C style often will see the D's push for speed, for getting things done quickly as a disregard for doing things right. And the D's may see the C's focus on taking a little bit more time to make sure we're doing things correctly as an obstacle to moving forward. What's important to know is that we need people that do both of these things. We need some people who have this bias for action, and we also need people who have a bias for getting things right, because sometimes a D might act too quickly. And then we have to pick up the pieces, we have to mop up the messes, because we didn't take the time to understand what we were missing. And so it's important to understand these natural friction points as we move through each of the four styles and appreciate the contribution of each of these styles to making the best possible decisions for our teams and, and our organizations. Now, I told you that the D stands for dominance. The C stands for conscientiousness. So taking the additional time to be sure that we're doing things in a way that is error-free, we don't want the customer to find the defect, we want to make sure that we're spending as much time understanding whether or not this is going to work before we send it out the door. So that's the D and the C style. If we go up to the upper right box, this individuals in this box of disk have a fast-paced style like the Ds do, although they have a people relationship focus. Since they're on the right side of this box, their principal focus is on people and relationships. So the Ds and the Is both share a faster pace, although unlike the Ds, which are focused on getting things done, focused on projects, 
task deliverables, the eyes are more focused on people and relationships. And, and what the eyes, which stands for influence, principally focus on is are we communicating sufficiently with others so that they understand what we're about to do or what we're deciding to do? And do we have enough buy-in so that once we do move forward, we can trust that there's not going to be a lot of resistance because the Ds might be pushing us to move more quickly, maybe too quickly, where the eyes are saying, look, I don't know if we have enough support yet. And if we push this out the door prematurely, we may actually take more time to implement this because we've got a number of people who just aren't on board yet. So the contribution of the I is building buy-in. The final style, if we go to the box below the I, which is the lower right box, these are individuals who also have a people relationship focus like the I's, although they have a more moderate pace like the C's. And what these individuals are doing with the additional time they're taking to vet their ideas and to understand the conversation going on around the table is assessing the long-term implications or consequences of moving forward. So while the C's are focused more on quality and accuracy, and are we doing this correctly, the S's, this lower right box is S, S stands for steadiness. S's are focused on if we do this, what might break? Who might be harmed? What part of the organization might get damaged? So all four of these biases, I like to call them contributions of these four different styles are absolutely invaluable, critical, so that we don't sub-optimize when we're making a decision. We want people like Ds who are pushing us forward so that we don't spend too much time analyzing and, and perhaps getting into what we often refer to as analysis paralysis. We need the Cs to make sure that we don't act too quickly and risk the quality and accuracy of what we're doing. We need the eyes to make sure that we have sufficient understanding and buy-in so that once we do move forward, we know that we've got sufficient support to actually push this forward. And we need the S's to help us appreciate what might happen adversely if we do what is being discussed or contemplated. So this is why I said that there's no better or worse style, we as an organization really need to have all four of these contributions appreciated and acknowledged and even proactively invited so that before we make a decision, before we decide to roll out a program, we have addressed all four of these biases. Now, you might be thinking, well, what if we don't have someone representing each of the four styles sitting around the table? That often is the case. Even when that is the case, if we know the contributions and the biases of each of these four styles, it's incumbent on all of us, regardless of our style, to ask the questions of the missing style. So let me give you an example. If there was no D in the room, we just had I's, S's, and C's, we need someone to ask the D questions, such as, 
how much longer are we going to be discussing this? Or when is this going to be done? That's what a D would ask if a D was in the room. If there's no C in the room, then someone else, someone who is a D, an I, or an S, needs to ask the question, what are we missing? Are we getting this right? What else do we need to consider? Because those are the questions that a C, someone who's interested in ensuring quality and accuracy, would likely be asking. So just because there's no C in the room doesn't mean that we don't have to ask those questions. If we don't, we run the risk, again, of moving too quickly without taking into account whether or not this is actually ready for prime time. If there's no I in the room, then the others need to ask questions about how well have we done communicating what we're about to do? What gaps in understanding exist? How much buy-in exists? How much support do we already have? Is it 50%? Is it 90%? Is it 10%? Because again, if we're not aware of that answer to this question about how much buy-in do we have, we could move forward and then realize that it's not going anywhere because we didn't have enough support. We didn't take the time to make sure that people were ready to move forward. So sometimes it's an illusion that we don't have the time to ask these other questions. How much buy-in do we have? Have we considered all of the possible risks? Do we appreciate and, and do we have countermeasures for any negative impacts on the organization? And we think we don't have time for that. The problem with that thinking, I'm sure you are already realizing, is that often when we don't take the time, when we can up front, the project ends up taking much, much longer because then we ultimately have to go back and figure out the answers to these questions or compensate for the lack of buy-in, for the lack of not considering all of the other important components of the project from a quality standpoint. So we always have time to ask a few basic questions to at least give us the best possible prospects of doing something correctly. So the S is the dial that we haven't addressed in terms of what questions we, we might hope other people would ask. If there's no S in the room, then the other styles that are present need to ask questions about impact, about long-term implications. What, what's the worst thing that could happen if we do this? Or who are the people who are going to be disadvantaged or harmed? Or what part of the organization might we blow up in the process of making this other change? So all four styles are absolutely critical. If you don't know your style and you'd like to take the DISC assessment, just send me an email at david.chinsky at instituteforleadershipfitness.com, david.chinsky, C-H-I-N-S-K-Y, at instituteforleadershipfitness.com. I invite you to go to fitleadersacademy.com, fitleadersacademy.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.